Rico. Hey, Lincoln. What did we just watch? We just watched Martin Scorsese's Silence. We were lucky enough for it to actually come to our theater. It snuck in. Sneakily. Yeah, we were actually looking at, spoiler for next week, we were looking at showtimes for Split this weekend, and noticed at the bottom there's one showtime for Silence today. Yeah, because I thought that we were going to have to go to, like, indie to see this. Yeah, we didn't. It, it actually came here. I don't know how long it's going to stay here, but... That's why we saw it this weekend and are putting Split off a week, so no fucking Split spoilers. Yes. Please. So before we go into talking about Silence, I would like to talk about how bizarre the trailers were. Really weird. Should we tell them what Silence is about, if they don't know? Yeah, Silence is about these Jesuit priests going to Japan during a time where there was a lot of... In the Inquisition. Yeah, they, they were weeding out Christians that were coming there to try to convert and it's about one that apostates and so two priests are going to japan to find out if he actually did apostate if he actually did you know deny christ and all that so it's a uh, very it's a religious movie i mean it really it's a very is. yeah religious movie and so the, tra- the trailers was for fucking transformers and ghost in the shell what the only thing i could think of ghost in the shell because we tried afterwards talking about the trailers and like what audience do they think was going to come to silence that would care to go watch Transformers and Ghost in the Shell? And sadly, I can only think they show Ghost in the Shell because it's Japanese. <laughs> yeah, because what, what I said, I was like, well, Ghost in the Shell like touches on a lot of like, kind of like the religious Yeah, but stuff if, and... I mean, if you watch the trailer. Yeah, you're not going to. Lesbian kissing and she's pretty much naked with the bodysuit. And then tra- like you show trailers for movies aimed toward like teens. Oddly enough, we were outnumbered by teenagers in the theater for this. Yeah, that was weird. Well, well, we could tell by hearing them afterwards, maybe one of them knew what they were getting into. I think at least one did. The others hated this. So silence, I don't know how long I can talk about it, really. Because kind of a disclaimer that I want to say is, podcast is not about religion or anything, and we don't talk about that stuff. No. There's stuff that I could talk about with this movie that... It's uh, not saying that we won't do religious movies, yeah. obviously. There are some we discussed the other day that we want to do. But we're going to try to keep it to what's on the screen and not our personal beliefs or yeah and i just don't think that people really want to listen to me for 40 minutes talk about spirituality no and we also don't want to like segregate our audience i don't, don't want you to feel weird listening to me and we don't give a yeah. fuck what you believe it's cool with us we're not here to tell you you're wrong we're right blah 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 if we want to want... talk if you want to talk about spirituality or something you can talk to me in person this is not my <laughs> no we're the ones that say dick and ass a lot like we're not gonna talk about god too much unless he's not dead foreshadowing so before we talk about silence kyle would you recommend this movie would i recommend it or did i like it did you like it and would you recommend the movie? i thought it was one of the best movies we've done if it looks interesting to you go watch it if you think it looks boring don't <laughs> I, I recommend it yes but i know this this is not for most audiences it's See, probably not for most of the people in the age range that listen to us in all honesty yeah i think that if you watch scorsese's last temptation of christ and you like really understand that movie and like it i think you could go into this and know what you're in for if you don't like slow dialogue driven movies don't go there's no action in this movie I mean, there's some i wouldn't call there's it some action br- though some brutality in this movie how's that but it is 
a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. For three hours? It, well, it's two hours and I think like 45 minutes. So a while. Not Batman versus Superman long, but would you recommend it like it? Yes. Like I said, <clears throat> that's the audience that I would recommend it to. I If the trailers we mentioned sound fucking awesome to you, you're probably yeah. not going to like this movie. How's that? It's kind of like The Witch on where I don't get why this has a widespread release. Yeah. It's not a widespread release kind of movie. It's getting a widespread release because it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Even then, it's not getting the best release. We didn't think we were going to get a Scorsese film. and then they At least s- not like a big one. And they know? snuck it in for like a couple days. One, one, Just one showing a day. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think this is one of Martin Scorsese's best movies. And I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in like a decade. I thought it was a masterpiece. It is excellent. I thought the acting is really, really good at it from people that I'm not always the biggest fan of. Andrew Garfield blew me away because watching the initial trailers and seeing that he was cast, I was kind of against it because I normally don't like him. Uh, he's well, him and uh, Adam Driver. I'm not the hugest fan of. I like Adam Driver a lot. But with, but with um, Andrew Garfield, I always felt that sometimes when I watch him from performances, I just see him trying to act. I don't actually see a character. But in this one, it's the best performance he's ever done. Oh, hands down. Like, that's... There's I don't even no, care. Even yeah. if you hated this movie, I think you would agree with that. I thought he was great. And I thought Adam Driver was great. I thought mm-hmm. Liam Neeson was great. Because, again, please keep putting Liam Neeson in dramas and not your stupid fucking Taken movies. Or A Million Ways to Die on the List. Because he's a great dramatic actor, and this showed it. And all of the Japanese actors, I thought, were spectacular. Mm-hmm. I I do not know them because they're not they're not necessarily like popular actors here, at least. I thought the Inquisitor and the Inquisitor's translator. I thought those two were very very. The great. thing I loved about them. For the most part throughout the movie, they're super nice and friendly while being really fucking intimidating, especially the translator. He was like this, like, hey, buddy, how's it going? I'm on your, I'm with you. But like, you could just see it. Like, you felt uncomfortable around him because you never knew what was going to happen. Spoilers, by the way. There'll be spoilers. Well, yeah, I don't want to go into spoilers yet. I'm just putting it out there for now. There's an Inquisitor. That's a spoiler. Oh, well, yeah. Especially like the actor that plays a man named Kichiro, who shows up throughout the movie, rather kind of in spurts. He's at the very beginning of the movie, then he just kind of intermittently is invested in the plot. I thought he was, character of him was very, very well done, and I thought his acting was great. Do you think he was symbolic to the story? Yes. Very as much. That was a leading question, everybody. I to me, it's pretty blatant because of what's going on within Andrew Garfield's character. Yeah, every time he comes back, and this movie is just steeped in symbolism and allegories. But it's not artsy. A lot of it's very blatant, which I admire because I think it was smart. A lot of times, I love symbolism and I love how it's not brought to the audience's attention. I think the symbolism is clear. It's very. Clear clear but in the way that it's presented it's not like it's telling you like hey this is symbolism because you're stupid it's just bringing kind of attention to it for you to think on yeah because if not you would just think this guy's a jerk because he just keeps fucking over the main character every time andrew garfield is starting to feel doubt suddenly here comes this character asking for forgiveness so yeah we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about spoilers now kichiro is very apparent like he's he's a symbol for two things at least to me that's thought one is 
kind of the redemption factor of Andrew Garfield of when he feels the doubt, then he has the character that needs that needs him. Yeah, because this movie I think mainly is just Andrew Garfield kind of taking on the Jesus Messiah aspect, like martyrdom. Kinda. Well, yeah, but I mean, not fully equating it to like the tale of Jesus necessarily. But Andrew Garfield is essentially Jesus in this movie. Yeah, in what he is doing. And, uh, Liam Neeson's character calls him on it towards the end. And Kachiro, in case you didn't get it, yeah, blatantly. <laughs> Chiro was just like Judas as well. A lot of things. And there, there's a lot of, because again, it's a religious movie. Part where he apostates is actually out of the Bible, Kyle. Is it? Yes, because when uh, when he's apostating, there's a rooster that cries three times. And in the Bible, Peter, when he apostates, a rooster cries three times. There's a lot of very blatant things that Martin Scorsese took out of the Bible and put it in the movie. Okay. To kind of help you along. But yeah. All right. All right. I'm not really up on that, so I didn't know. It's okay. I got you kyle i'm right here all right i hope you're wrong and yeah and what's so interesting with this is that it's just a movie that is following andrew garfield's character as he struggles with his faith internally and externally i guess because oh yeah the the thing is is that he's dealing with kind of like pride as well of kind of he's taking on this martyrdom role of, of jesus but comes off as being selfish and not really of like his actual faith especially when he's questioning his faith so much which i think is what brings him to the point towards the end when liam neeson like shows him what's happening because he refuses to give yeah. up his his beliefs yeah liam neeson his character is just like these people are dying because you will not go against the beliefs that you have basically he just, yeah, it's just blatantly like, told him if christ were here he would not let them suffer because of him that kind of struggle is the biggest theme of the movie and it just it's the most apparent that goes throughout all of it oh yeah just this constant and what is really right is kind of the big thing one thing i think this movie does very well because it shows you both sides and i think it shows you both of them to where you you get both sides it doesn't like oh buddhism's bad well there's a great it doesn't say either one is right or wrong yeah like when the uh inquisitor is talking and he says like i understand your religion you have to understand that ours are basically the same it's kind of like a nationality thing more so and he's not really saying that yours is like there's no like better that they're talking about it's just it's just this is the one we have here and yeah. you need to leave it at that and so i mean they do kill people but the way they don't is they just have several different ones like little stone slabs or metal slabs mm -hmm. the picture of jesus they have to step on that's it you step on it we'll let you go so it's a matter of are people willing to do that to save their life and adam driver's character i thought was really well done of <clears throat> he was kind of like a red herring at first at least to me he was how so well Did when you think he would be the one to turn him in no i didn't think that i just thought that he would apostate like quickly, i did too yeah because when kachiro is doing his uh oh what do you, uh when you say your sins confession confession when he was doing the confession with andrew garfield's character there was kind of that looming shadow of him in the background of that shot that i thought was really good in between like their heads when they're touching i thought maybe that that was kind of like saying that not necessarily that he would betray them because i thought that kind of the judas allegory was really set with like kushiro but that he had more doubt than say like andrew garfield but as we find out later that he was much quicker to give his life to save people yes why andrew garfield's character was telling him not to mm -hmm. yelling at him like the whole kind of dichotomy of their characters is just so interesting yeah because 
they split up at one point, and then when they're back, they kind of swap sides as far as storytelling. Yeah, because they start at the beginning kind of on opposite sides. You know, Adam Driver's already struggling with the notion of keeping the faith while these people are suffering, while Andrew Garfield is very intent on saying, you know, like, faith above everything. And then they leave, and then they come back like completely different people in separate positions. It is such a refreshing take on spirituality that isn't shoving a bible down your throat and i think it's kind of universal a lot of religious movies only really show one side it's very black and white and this isn't at all no not at all like nothing in this is black and white even when people give up good arguments then the person it's like oh we got him and then they're retorted well no i get that that's really i think they're talking about the trees and the poisoning of the land and going back to the kachiro character i really think that he is the most important character he's the one that moves our characters along because what's, what's interesting about him is that he's also kind of a walking doubt machine oh yeah of, of where he is consistently doing things that are not only like against the faith but just not really moral he saves himself by stepping on Christ while the rest of his family didn't so that he could survive. And he does it again. He turns in Andrew Carfield. But every time he just asks for absolution. And you can see kind of the struggle that Andrew Garfield's having of like, why do you deserve absolution when you've done all these terrible things? Which that's just kind of Martin Scorsese's way of getting people to think about kind of the uh, Christ-like way. And even at the end, they're they're together again. Mm-hmm. When he looks like young Anakin. <laughs> all right. I was, totally I, was wait, I was I was wondering how long it was going to take you to make a Star Wars they, You know, they're wearing the old yeah. uh, traditional robes. And there's scenes where Andrew Garfield has his hair pulled back. And here he is in his robe with his hair pulled back standing next to Liam Neeson dressed the same way and I'm like are we just watching like realistic Star Wars Ooh. you know when they're sitting and talking yeah. like it's very reminiscent and then it made me laugh because I'm like and fuck Kylo Ren's in the movie this this is Star Wars M Driver's great he's alright he's great He's not bad. He's one of those that's hard for me in most movies to see the character and not the actor. It's interesting that we're... I think it's, he has such a distinct look and voice uh-huh. that it's... He's just one I've always... At least I'll say the same thing about George Clooney. Like, in most of his movies, I mm, see George yeah. Clooney and not the character. That's... I'm not saying I'd hate Adam Driver. Yeah. I like movies he's been in. But I usually... Like, when I, he first came on screen, I was like, oh, it's Adam Driver. I didn't think, like, oh, he's a Padre. That's cool. I was like, oh, it's Adam Driver. Hmm. Spider-Man. Sp- <laughs> the Spider-Man went away. Yeah. Andrew Driver's really not in this movie a lot. No. Liam Neeson is not. Andrew Garfield carries this movie. This is his movie. Mm-hmm. Rodriguez. His name is Rodriguez. Yes. I mean, yeah, unfor- there's really not much I can talk about more. It's an introspective slow drama you need to understand that going in it shot wonderfully it is beautiful i mean the dialogue is no soundtrack no soundtrack which is very it makes sense yeah it's called silence i mean it's it's hard to talk about without you just watching it like the title is very impactful to the movie and the way they carry you know their beliefs if you think that you're persecuted by starbucks you should probably watch this movie and understand what real Christian persecution is. That's one thing I kept thinking of. Is Yeah, I mean, if you're worried about a cup, you get your coffee in. See what people really did go through. Because this movie is very visceral and brutal. When They show some, but they don't show a lot of direct violence and brutality. There's really only one instance. One single instance of you actually seeing someone die. It's like brutally. Yeah. I mean, you see people die other than that from drowning and things yeah. like that. 
But I'm saying like a kind of like a brutal. I'll just say the beheading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very bloody and unsettling. All of the scenes of torture are very unsettling. Even the scenes of not torture, just the Inquisitor and them sitting on those little stools when he's got his fans because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. It's one of those movies that you just feel unease. I did because mm-hmm. you know this doesn't end well. Yeah. And I think what was so great about all of the kind of like the executions and torture was that they were played out in kind of a matter of fact fashion. There was nothing really flashy about them going down. It was just, okay, here we go. We're going to tie you up and watch the waves drown you. Yeah, they didn't like Bond villain this thing. Yeah, there's nothing that You don't want to do that? You don't want to step up? All right, there you go. You're on fire now. Which added to kind of how great and historically accurate this is of kind of the matter of fact nature of that. It didn't seem... One thing that kept coming up to me was that it didn't seem like that I was watching a movie a lot of times. And the way it's narrated throughout. How did you feel about the epilogue? I wanted to ask you that. After... Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't think it really detracted away from it. And you think it added to it at all? Not really. That's my thought about it. I I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it was needed. No, I think that after the final absolution, I think it would have been a fitting ending because you understand that Andrew Garfield is still having a struggle of faith, even though he did what he had to do to save people's lives. Yeah. I don't think we needed a tacked on thing to show that like he never truly lost it. Mm -hmm. He's just learned to hide it because I think we got that. Yeah. Especially when he's hearing the voice of Jesus telling him this is what you need to do yeah Um, i I don't think it took away i just don't know that it was that's when i felt the star wars vibe is when they're going through the stuff just mm -hmm. the way they look yeah i think it could have done without the epilogue and been even more impactful i think i think it kind of gave you like a kind of a step off it's yeah it it eased you to the credits yeah but i don't yeah i don't think it was a negative though no it's not like the last chapter of clockwork orange or something no it ruins everything yeah no no it didn't ruin anything it just the story had been told i don't think it added anything more just reassuring the audience that he never lost his faith spoiler i ruined the movie for you wow Kyle, why would you do that and you can tell when he's talking to liam neeson that liam neeson hadn't either he did what he did to save people's lives that's the struggle of the movie i think people are listening to this they either have seen it or they're not going to or they won't get a chance we already said spoiler warning like 10 minutes ago it's okay i it doesn't matter you know what's gonna happen in this movie once you start watching it you understand i mean the beginning they're telling you like you don't really want to go over there and find him because this shit happened you know that shit's gonna happen Mm -hmm. again at the very beginning a lot of it deals with like pride of that really what comes down to it comes off as andrew garfield just wanted to do it because self-adoration i guess is it was for his own pride yeah yeah more than his actual wanting to actually spread the gospel to them or wanting to know well in his narration he just talks about how that makes him feel exactly how important he feels how important he is to these people like it's very clever in a lot of his narration he doesn't talk about the importance of what he's doing what he's doing or god or he'll talk about how important it is that he is there to spread that word yeah the whole part where he's giving out like beads of his rosary and where all these people are flocking to him like he is kind of the jesus figure and how he's in kind of uh like a euphoric nature like when he's just like doing all of the absolations to all these people like walking through Mm -hmm. it was just like something that was out of you could have shown me that scene and said it was jesus and i would oh yeah i mean he 
There's strong. Je- he sees his face as Jesus at yeah. one point. And there's several characters throughout the movie that tell him that's what he's doing, mm-hmm. and he won't see it. That's how you're failing these people. Is you don't see that they're worshiping you. Like Liam Neeson has a great thing. He's like, their God is the sun. Mm. He's like, the words you were using. Yeah, don't he, yeah. He's translate. just like, even though you're telling them, you know, the word of the gospel, they're not understanding it the way that you're telling them. They're equating it to other things, and, and so certain. We things- don't know if that's true or not throughout the movie. Yeah, you know that's could be the buddhist way but to me the most impactful is when the inquisitor is saying like buddhism is basically what you're saying it's mm-hmm. just a different god and he's like well ours is the truth come on dude it's like we're not bad people i mean they're not good people they're fucking it's an inquisition i think also <laughs> what's interesting about him seeing like the portrait of god that like he saw when he was a young child that made him go into the because there's kind of like that mini monologue that he talks about it so he's like sees the face of jesus when he's looking into the water and then there's moments where see what's interesting about the narration that it's supposed to be Jesus is that it can also be taken as like his thoughts mm-hmm. you never know if he's actually like hearing jesus or if he's just reassuring himself that what he's doing is and i think that's right. what makes it so powerful is you don't know you can interpret a lot of this differently even though the it's very much a straight line thing you can choose which side of the line you're on look at that that's my deep yeah that's my deep saying but because it never tells you one side is right and one side's wrong yeah it's not an over it's not a preachy movie at all no this is the only religious thing i'm going to talk about i think oh, the Lord. movies like this are important for actual christians i think they're important for a lot of people because the problem that many christians have is that i don't mean to offend anybody this at is all a rabbit hole with your doubt in like the religion i think is a natural thing and it's something that is supported in the scripture that you need to go through i think movies like this that aren't really necessarily saying hey you're right I think it's important and i think that martin scorsese did an expert way of kind of presenting this movie as kind of that essay in doubt in a way that's not you're not going to be offended by it or anything and also i think it would kind of help yeah because i think a lot of it is you know what you do with your doubt really says a lot about your actual conviction to you really do you give up or do you fight through i don't excellent film yeah excellent film spider-man was great touches on everything the last temptation of christ did and more and it was great mm-hmm. absolutely watch it mm-hmm. very much so what did you just turtle blood did i turtle blood you kind of turtle blooded oh what's your rating oh forgot yeah, to ask your rating it. i'm gonna give it a nine six might a little bit more but i had a headache kind of through the movie so <laughs> that just kind of deter from you well i mean you know, it's, it's yeah. not comfortable i am going to give it a 9.8 i thought it was absolutely excellent um, and don't let the length deter you because that's a stupid reason to not watch a movie i mean this is i've seen longer <sighs> I'm trying to... For the podcast. Royal Rumble's gonna be six hours. Oh, that's gonna be rough. I mean, come on. Like, Scorsese, like, Goodfellas, I think is really, like, the most perfect movie that he's done. I think this is, like, second to Goodfellas. And, like, the... Like his oh not the departed it's the only one that's won an award oh that's right I'm it's actually not, not i'm not the his... biggest fan of the departed i like it but it is not his best film goodfellas is so much better on every single the level. raging bull yeah taxi Dr- I'm, there's so many it's hard it's hard to rank his movies. come on it's it's very hard to rank because they're so different mm-hmm. if you're going in like i love goodfellas i'm sure i'll like this movie <laughs> Oh, oh no. I don't know what you're thinking at that point. Oh no. They're a bit different. So what he is known for, yes, this is not it. And Last Temptation to Christ was a great film that did poorly. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of backlash. He's not dumb. He knew this was gonna get do the same thing. This is doing very poorly in the box office. Very, very poorly. Um actually it had its it never had an actual premiere because it was premiered in the Vatican mm-hmm. for the Pope. Who really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So. so there you go. If the Pope likes it, come on. He's hiding aliens. <laughs> he knows what's up. <laughs> 
Are they with the shackles under the DNC? Oh, God. (laughs) We're not getting into politics either. Nope. Already kind of talked about religion, not politics. So there you go. That's as deep as we're going to get. That's all you're getting out of me. So no matter what you believe, we love you. There you go. Yeah. We love you all. Yeah. Except for you, son of a bitch.